You motherfucker. I couldn't think of anything to say to start the intro. All right, we're just going to keep rolling from there. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Me? Yes, you. What? (laughs) I'm not starting it this time. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! That's it. That's the intro, folks. We're just fucking with you. No, but Loki, like, I really had no idea how to start. I was trying to think of something witty. Now we're here, sweating in Kaz's room, sitting on black leather chairs. It's warm. It is warm. We can't turn it's the a warm day AC in LA. on. Why can't we turn the AC because on? Because it affects the podcast noises. Oh. Yeah, there's like a constant fan in the background. Right. So we're doing it for you guys. You're right. We're literally doing this for your guys' sound quality. So okay. keep listening, even though we may bleed your ears through our loud screams or Rustin's loud screams. I'm a screamer. Yeah. He, he's he's told me. Mm. I've seen videos. Whoa, dude. <laughs> Yeah, when I play Twitch or <laughs> when I'm on Twitch, God. You tweeted recently. Is it against TOS to stream shirtless? shirtless? Right? Yeah, I know. I said that. <laughs> is it? I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, if they were to say that, they I I would assume that it applies to both male and female. And as a female, you're not allowed to do that. But if we're with this free the nipple movement, that means male shouldn't be able to do it as well, right? Yeah, that's why I asked, and no one knew. Yeah, I think you did it once though what yeah i did do a shirtless stream and it was in the summer yeah again totally necessary all right that was a long ass intro tangent uh yeah this is the hype geek podcast where we talk about video games and how they're integrating into every aspect of culture fashion sports music yeah and we're gonna talk about the industry and and all all that all that jazz yeah this is podcast number 25 yeah your co-host cat and and rustin over here episode 25 episode 25 wow yeah that's a quarter of a decade jesus if we did one a year wait isn't it decade (laughs) century yeah quarter of a century (laughs) (laughs) you tell us it's it's been a long day but we're trying and we're here to talk about a couple topics ranging from the fortnite world cup that is happening this weekend 25th to 27th think so yeah okay the heart thieves raising their series b Mm mm-hmm a new esports team with a new training facility in LA mm-hmm. and an esports collaboration with Streetwear and how this company and Streetwear is trying to get into esports and the tactics they're using to make a name for themselves within the space. Yeah. To all the people that text me asking questions on how to get into esports, listen to the fucking podcast. I know I keep telling you that, but seriously, just listen to this podcast. It'll be really helpful as opposed to bothering me and making me call you. Just Ooh. listen to the podcast. It gets the same effect. You just link this to them next time they ask. I will. I'm literally going to say listen to this section and then listen to the rest of the podcast. All right. But before we get into the topics, <laughs> any updates on the past weekend? What did you do, experience, any updates on yourself personally? Um. Yeah, I'm in the Batcave plotting, which means that I'm staying in, focusing. Cool. On my end, I flew back to the Bay to just... Uh, my parents and I do this annual soccer game thing that we go to like Levi Stadium watch a mm. game and then one notable thing is I fucked up my shoulder falling off a lime scooter I got a snapchat video on Saturday it's like 4am right yeah no it was, it was earlier than that and it was you and all your friends and you're all wearing dress shirts so I was like okay they definitely went to like a club or something there's five people six six people Two of them are the twins. The rest are their Indian friends, and they're all sitting. They're all on scooters at in the drive-through. The drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> what was the restaurant? It was Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box, and they actually served us surprisingly. I've so, tried fact. before. Yeah, yeah, I've tried walking. They don't yeah, allow no, that. They actually let us order. I guess they don't have cameras, but it was 
it was funny because after the clubs, we all like first one person found a lime, started riding around. Then we all started slowly finding our own limes, and then we thought, let's just ride these all the way home. And keep in mind, San Jose to my house, which is in Fremont, if you guys know this distance, is actually like 26 so miles. Far. <laughs> it's actually very, very far. But, it's so far. But dude. all of us were like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's How do it. How long of a ride? We all that? started hyping each other up. We got halfway before I ate shit, reaching to my friend's pocket, trying to get fries while riding with one hand. That's how I fell. And, and then we just Ubered home. But we rode a total of like nine miles. And it only cost like 30 bucks or something like that. Holy shit. Yeah. How long was that time wise? Um, I got. I remember getting back home at like 5 a.m. So it took at least like two or three hours. What? By foot, it said it was going to take six hours. Holy shit, yeah. dude. It was a fun ass ride. We we're just mobbing. You 3 basically rode from san diego to la <laughs> yeah on a bird yeah as far as what would shit. take a car, car two to three hours yeah you i mean yeah that ride is longer obviously with yeah. a bird but you get what i'm saying i get what you're saying the duration is if i was sitting in the car would be that late correct holy shit it was a fucking experience man I'm oh not... dude we went to the instagram party oh we did that was last week yeah um during the week but it still counts as what we did in between these two podcasts correct we got invited to an instagram party that happens in malibu every year for the past three years i saw it last year and i was like one of these days we're gonna get invited to that and we did and yeah. we're here and it was cool it was fun shout out to best done she hooked it up and it was interesting just to see like the different types of people that are there very a lot of jewel smokers a oh. lot of Fila, Fila stomper wearers. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Those shoes with the jagged edges on the bottom of them. And then what was the other observation? Oh, yeah. When we first got there, everyone was like 14 years old. Yeah. Because it was all the people from VidCon. Interesting. So Very interesting. interesting demographic. Yeah, they did it around VidCon. Um, you see these guys walking around with their pet dogs because their dogs are Instagram famous. Everyone's like recognizing the dog, taking selfies to the dog. I'm like, this is an insane culture. Yeah. And it was surprising, though, because... They had a ton of free food. They always have the best food best at their food. parties, dude. And they also had the Coachella bar. party. Yeah, they had Taco Bell. Yeah, samplers. And this time they actually had catered tacos, like yeah. better than Taco Bell. And they had a cod candy machine maker. They had a hat maker that you could print your uh, Instagram, Instagram handle, handle on it. On it. Um, French fries, everything. Open bar and photo ops, of course. Mm -hmm. They had a guy walking around with an iPhone taking. Bo he's like, "You want to get a boomerang? Takes a boomerang of you, and he's like, here, 'Here, I'll airdrop it to you.'" Yeah. That's Instagram. Yeah, pretty smart. That's Instagram right there. Yeah. And you know it's a young-ass party when you go to the open bar and there's no line at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. We go there, like, no one's taking advantage of the open bar. And we realize, like, yeah, that's right, because everyone here is under 17. Yeah, but then it started to get lit later. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. cool. And, yeah, that was pretty much our week in between the two podcasts. And we're looking forward to next weekend because that's the Fortnite World Cup. Mm, this upcoming weekend. This upcoming weekend. Yeah. The 25th or whatever it is, 26th, 28th. I just want to say for the e-coliseum fans out there what we have coming for you guys is going to be fucking crazy just keep holding out we're working really really hard yeah like a really really hard because if you we weren't if we weren't working hard we'd probably be at the world cup we'd probably just go yeah it's in new york seems like a fun time a ton of 15 year old kids are becoming millionaires this weekend it's frustrating because there's nothing that we can really uh, activate around talk, talk about uh, right yeah. now, mm -hmm. you know, but there's a lot of shit that we got going. But let's get back to the World Cup. Sorry, I just wanted yeah. to go on that tangent no, no, just fine. to let people it's know fine. what mind space we're in. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we come into these podcasts, our minds are quite busy and you could tell some days are busier than others when we just start rambling a ton. We're trying to just express ourselves. And these are one of those days. Just bear with us for this this podcast. But yeah, Fortnite World Cup, there's going to be 
I believe is it just a hundred kids that are competing multiple rounds, or is it like two hundred kids? Uh, I thought it was one fifty, but I, I just no came idea. up with that number off the top of my head. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm not sure how the structure. I think works. it is. I think it's one hundred fifty participants, okay. and I think it's North America West, North America East, East. Oceania or Oceania, Oceania. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Australia, New Zealand, Asia, South America, Europe, Europe. Mm-hmm. those are the regions of which participants have had to have qualified in and then they get everyone has flown out to new york and they're all competing but it's not like usa versus britain it's literally just the best players from around the world are going to be playing at this one tournament in the arthur ashe stadium in new york yeah. for those that time period i saw some tweets of kids getting invited to be like reserve reserves players, yeah. just in case someone got injured they would replace them for a chance to win they get someone flown out injured <laughs> yeah like, i got my hand got fucked up like what if i, I could play dude what if it's like that tanya harding situation where What's she was like ice skating and oh she the her biggest com- oh. opponent she went and like broke that opponent's leg Jesus the night before Christ. her and her boyfriend That'd be insane. What if news. someone like you see this sabotages kid, yeah, some kids at a like, club in New York? Like, yeah. what if it's like I don't know, mongrel? You like pull up the mongrel, just chop his, his fingers. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we'll see you crank nineties with those hands. <laughs> but yeah, they flew that ki- like a couple kids out, like all inclusive, like living situation, hotel for them to be a sub. So that's pretty cool to be able to just you know you work pretty hard to be able to get somewhere so the least you could do is fly them out mm-hmm. and have them enjoy a good competition and hopefully compete if, if possible but a lot of the kids we're already seeing are, are flying to new york from europe to adjust for the time change like all the yeah. benji fishy savage um mongrel they're all they've been there for a week just adjusting to the time zone and they actually played in the trio cash up for the na east servers because they usually play in the European, European servers, servers, which are deemed to be harder, and that's why they let more people in from European. They're teams harder going. because of the ping. No, no, no. It's not. It's not hard. It's just better talent there. Really? Yeah. In Europe, the the best Fortnite talents in Europe. I believe so. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Why is it? That's the case? why, like, during the qualifications, I don't want to get too specific. So you guys, if you guys don't understand, I'll get boring. But during the qualifications for the ten weeks, each region only let in different amounts of people. So NA West only like let in top two. NA East let in top six. Because that means that there's more players in NA East and there's better players in NA East, meaning that they have to let in more mm. people. Whereas NA West doesn't have as good talent, so they let in less people or like less talent or Holy like less shit, people competing. How much did Europe get? Uh, Europe got a lot more slots. That's how I know. But yeah. if you combine NA East and West, then we have more than Europe, right? Yeah, but if you actually look at the points, because it's the same point system. Got it. European Europe had the most. Yeah, they get hella points. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Wow. I would have thought Fortnite was the big, or uh, the Americans were the best because that's the only game that we really play in america yeah. european kids are just cracked out indefinitely like i yeah. saw mongrel he's one of the best players right now he just got to sign a phase we talked about this recently he tweeted out saying all those 16 hour practices for the last three months are worth it he's been grinding 16 hours every single day <laughs> for the last three months he was like i'm so cracked right now because that's every waking hour you're playing Fortnite, right say you sleep eight hours play 16 hours you fit in some meals in between and that's all you do for the past three months in preparation for this 30 million dollar tournament fucking insane dude these kids are just ultimately cracked out i feel like i could do that in terms of if i knew that all i needed to do was win the world cup and i had three months to practice for it that's what i would do exactly exactly yeah it's i don't have to deal with anything else in Mm -hmm. my life except winning that yeah you know but the thing is that so many kids are doing that because it's so accessible that 
the playing field is almost level. There's not kids that are practicing less than 16 hours at this point, right? Everyone knows how priority this is and everyone's grinding the same amount. And this is a callback to our last podcast where we talk or two podcasts ago, we're talking about that kid whose dad paid $30,000 for him. You know, everyone's on the same page of let's put all our resources to this because it's going to be worth it. I'm really excited to see what the results look like at the end of this weekend. All these kids are going to become millionaires. Lives will be changed and I'm really happy for them. Yeah. And esports team storylines will change too. Imagine yeah. if FaZe wins this whole thing, they can say like, yo, we got first place in this. They go to investors. They say, we just won the Fortnite. They probably get shit ton of social media followers. Like it's going to be huge. Yeah. I heard from a little birdie through the grapevine that a famous FaZe player is actually going to be competing in the World Cup, but they haven't announced who it is yet. Really? Like more than what the roster has already confirmed. Oh, I heard. so this. they haven't signed him yet? No, 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 no. He's signed, but people don't know that he has qualified interesting i've never heard that yeah um at least that's what i was told last night Mm -hmm. i'm probably not using the right terminology yeah i'm not too sure what you mean somehow he is gonna be a play a part in the world cup is he like to the creative modes or something no no the actual world cup very interesting um and then i also heard that fortnite is requesting that teams change their jerseys why they were requesting a certain type of logo dimensions on all the jerseys well, like bigger or smaller like to promote their organizations more or to hide the fact that I don't, they're part of something? It's definitely a sizing change and a formatting change to reflect how things are going to be presented on the Fortnite mm. stream. Think yeah. about all the media attention this is going to get. Yeah, They want to make sure everything's uniform probably and they also want to make sure like, hey, maybe your logos are smaller than the Epic Games logo. We, mm-hmm. If they want you to put an Epic Games logo on the thing. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But isn't that so funny? Like yeah. a game is dictating what people are going to be wearing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of normal sports. I mean, I think all uniforms in like soccer leagues. You're right, stuff, they are different. They are like pretty much, they all look the same, it's just different logos. Right? I guess what I want to change for that is, yeah, all sports have restrictions on how big the sponsorship logo can be. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that Fortnite is doing the same thing. Yeah, because you don't want your sponsor to have bigger logos than anyone else's sponsors when they're paying the exact same, if not maybe less. Mm. So say you're a sponsor for FaZe Clan, you obviously have way more traction than a sponsor for a no-name team. But if that no-name team blows up their sponsor logo, that per, that that sponsor is getting way more face time than someone like FaZe Clan sponsor who's paying a lot more. And even for the Epic Games sponsors, you know, it'll, it'll, it's different dilution. So that makes sense. I, I think that's smart. Think of it like uh, when the whole LeBron James confirmed to the Lakers move happened. Wish paid, Wish the company that's sponsoring the Laker jersey paid so much fucking money. Everyone's like, why did you do that? And then this LeBron thing happened and mm-hmm. they got multi-million dollars of media buying yeah through that one sponsorship wow um but yeah the fortnite world cup okay a lot of people are participating who do you think has the best shot i think like some players some players off so the podcast listeners can pay attention to them if they decide to watch this so which by the way everyone should because this is like a historic yeah even if you're not a fan of fortnite just give it a watch just to see what the future of esports will look like in a structure and scale like this and you can see, and if you're interested in the business side, see where there's holes and see where they're making mistakes, see where you can patch yourself in yeah. and just see the development grow. Cause next year, this Fortnite World Cup is gonna be even different, more different. And this current Fortnite World Cup is different from all the previous competitions that happened in other games. This so. is like the granddaddy of esports competitions for the mainstream culture. Yeah. This is history in the making. So I think players who watch our obviously Tfue. Tfue is, is a fan favorite due to 
just his likability. Sorry, thirty million dollar prize pool. In case 30. no one knew yeah. the exact first, price. First place gets three million. Yeah. And there's duos and solos. Okay. And there's players who are able to compete in both, both. which means they have a shot at three million twice. Wow. Yeah. Insane. But fan favorites are probably T few. Um, currently phase T few or previously phase T few. Some of the ghost players like Ghost Bizzle mm. and there's this group at trio called sen or they're not trio but there's an org called sen like sen aspect and sen something else those guys are consistently placing in the trio cash cup um there's a guy named like booga bugga what about energy energy um yeah so energy is definitely a a, the stacked roster yeah stacked roster benji fishy benji fishy and mr mr savage and symphony and symphony is symphony competing yeah yeah i think he is but for both me and my brother my twin brother and i who are avid watchers of fortnite we really believe that energy benji fishy and mr savage are going to take it all yeah in the duos especially hmm. so that's someone to look out for okay yeah cool well i'm excited one last thing there are a couple fun activations that yeah, people yeah. are doing which is cool to see like that they're taking nods from the traditional world so phase clan is doing a pop-up at stadium goods in new york where they're going to be selling exclusive Fortnite World Cup merchandise that they created around this event. They're having like 20 plus phase members fly out to that to do yeah. an entire meet and greet. It's going to be a massive. They, I heard they were going to do like some sort of street graffiti around mm-hmm. the stadium in New York. Like, yeah. it's cool. This is a big brand moment for them. Yeah. And they're thinking I think of fun it's, ways. I think it's already it. announced because I think I saw on Connor's Instagram. Like the promotions, like Fortnite versus or Phase versus the World. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Then that's the slogan that they were doing: Phase yeah. versus the World. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's that's pretty cool, and I think it's good to put resources around something like this. You work around the World Cup, and that's why they're flying twenty of the Phase members out there, making it a big deal because that's where you're going to see the most eyes. Everyone's looking towards the World Cup, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of visitors going there to check it out. And that's that's I think it's going to be well done. Stadium Goods, Phase Clan, all that stuff seems pretty on brand. On the other end of things, and who we just talked about, Energy, who rep Symphony, Savage, and Benji Fish, like I just mentioned, is doing kind of a, I guess, weirder type of brand deal. <laughs> I just saw an Instagram post that Symphony posted. I, I thought it was a troll at first because Kim linked it to me. It's terribly designed. It's They're doing a partnership with Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs. <laughs> it's, a, it's literally a hot dog in the advertisement. Looks like a fifth grader photoshopped this together. What a deal. Yeah, it looks like word art. Energy made a lot of money off that. Yeah, no, like, I guess they just took whoever threw the most money, money at them. I couldn't, they're doing like a meet and greet with the three terrible, players that we just talked look. about. It doesn't look the best. I'm assuming, again, like we talked about, when all these non endemics go into it, they just turn to their fucking intern and they go, like, yo, who's a good Fortnite team we should sponsor? Energy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I watched this guy named Symphony. Like, all right, let's do a deal with them. Dude, but there might be behind the scenes stuff, bigger plans. Just based on what I'm seeing off the ad, it doesn't look like it. It's not it doesn't wh- seem like yeah, it's any good conversion. Doesn't look that well thought out. And then the whole rebrand that they just announced to isn't it? It's not that visually appealing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They did a neon hoodie. Oh two yeah. Two days before, two days after Phase did a neon hoodie. So Ooh. weird. Yeah, I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes with those type of brands there's still definitely smart people behind it but it seems like they're either following the footsteps of stuff that's being done like phase clan and just not doing it as well or they might have a larger plan and being very thoughtful i i'm just speaking through what i see outside the forest but hopefully they're have something larger plan than just a hot dog yeah. meetup. very yeah. interesting 
a good brand in this space though is 100 thieves which goes to our next topic mm. of 100 thieves biggest fundraise up to date which yeah. is 35 million dollars for a series b a couple of notable investors uh mark benioff artist capital yeah tau capital re-upped as well basically it's big round good investors and it's going to be geared towards using that investment to go into different esports leagues now so they want to expand their reach they just got a new facility that's fifteen thousand square feet super dope super dope it's got a focus on content so it's going to be a place for people to train as well as produce streaming content youtube content shoot podcasts take their meetings there it's like an all-encompassing esports hq they'll have like a retail storefront where they'll release merchandise there too so all in all really cool i'm really excited to see it and the youtube video of nade shot announcing it and like going through that whole process was really awesome to see i think my stance on that now is that um actually really like what hunter thieves is doing i look up to them and i think that they're providing a really good torch for the esports industry i wouldn't necessarily call them competition i think that those guys are doing it right and i think that i like that yeah i was telling rustin that we're glad 100 Thieves exists because it's a good framework for, especially with esports moving to the mainstream, for outsiders who are looking in to see that there's something like this that's that professional and doing it in a way progressive way that makes everyone looks good in the space. Because if 100 Thieves didn't exist, the leading team would be FaZe Clan, right? And FaZe mm-hmm. Clan, though professional and very well run, kind of, yeah, there is some sort of negative, questionable, questionable things like the TFU the high sky video high sky stuff that might make them in the entire industry if you do look at them as like the esports right the lexicon yeah exactly it's like we are happy that heart thieves is repping us in a professional way getting people like drake involved that really shines light to esports in a good way and i think that's the tide that rises all boats yeah i watched that video um and i had respect yeah really really cool um happy for them see where they're gonna go with this and if they're gonna fundraise more after that but it's mostly probably getting to the call of duty league right their storefront or their entire facility is like fifteen thousand square foot mm-hmm. they're they're doing like they're putting everyone under the same roof like all, so cool. all the call of duty team everyone's gonna be on the same roof so yeah that's really cool that's the stuff that you want to happen right yeah you want to have that hub for your entire company to go and operate in and have people connect with each other you know make it really free-flowing like the content people are next to the marketing people and they can really go and operate together yeah and it's all branded yeah and i think they're on the right track they're hiring the right people doing the right moves to me i mean at least for us it seems very standard like you should be doing those things yeah like everything that they're doing we're like you know yes if i had those resources i do the exact same thing yeah but to have those resources in the first place is the hardest part right so like now that they've gotten over that bump of like okay we gotta build this traction do all this stuff yeah they're like a snowball that's rolling downhill and it's just getting bigger and bigger and we hope that it doesn't crash and blow up <laughs> well that's exactly when you start raising your series a and series b because mm-hmm. once you've got a foothold in the market then you're like okay how do we grow this thing how do we pump cash into this and scale this? Yeah. So they got past the, the initial hurdle, which is where a lot of people fall. And then now that they're there, they're like going mm. and scaling. Whereas I think other esports teams or esports startups haven't been able to secure as much funding because 
they keep using the funding to find their foothold if that makes sense where do you think they went right the best like what do you think they did best in the beginning that allows them to get them that traction i mean it's hard because i don't want to bash anyone but i feel like there were some other teams that like everyone could have done it but all of them had one thing that they're like uh if you did that better then it would have happened mm-hmm. you know like for some teams they're way too professional and they didn't understand how to brand or reach the new audience for other teams they're not professional enough right and they had organizational mishaps you know so i think that 100 thieves nailed the goldilocks zone yeah i think yeah. they started off but with the right team yeah the right I can't hires be, we can't be saying this until you know they go and sell this thing or no yeah i'm talking about the initial hurdle you're talking about oh yeah yeah where yeah. i see that was through the apparel and the merchandise which really solidified which their brand what we were saying for the past two years yeah it's always good to focus on that rather than just the players mm-hmm. um and they started off with the right hires the right team surrounding them making the right apparel to showcase their brand properly bringing those numbers to show these loyal customers who are buying apparel then raising a series a to build that even further launch a couple new products um, really show the traction growing, seeing their Call of Duty team do well, seeing more investors, more people put money in, then raise their Series B to even become even more or become finally profitable. I would say the vast majority of esports teams did not have the vision of apparel and good branding. The one that did is like FaZe, but then they had organizational mishaps. So on the Thieves did that, but then made sure it was ran professionally and well organized. And that's why they are where they are at. It's also a timing aspect too, right? Timing too. Because if you think about the big ones like FaZe Clan, Optic Gaming, they They were were created organically, right? It's good and bad because it's organic because it's very authentic to the scene of Call of Duty and all that stuff. But it's rooted in old. Exactly. Rooted in players who don't have a business mind, who had to hire people who they really didn't understand about the esports business because it was just growing. But Heart These came in when it's already like at its peak or it's rising enough where people have so much information to structure in a way that really makes sense for organization to become profitable and take advantage of things that Optic Gaming and Face kind of didn't know about or what didn't exist within the structure of esports just 10 years ago. So it's, it's a timing thing too. The next hurdle they have to come over is getting league money, which is only gonna happen, it's outside of their control. Mm-hmm. It's only gonna happen if esports keeps growing and people keep decide that you know what like i want to go to esports competitions i want to go watch league of legends competitions because then if the leagues make money then the teams make money and in all their pitches they're saying we're doing good right now but a lot of our money comes from sponsorship and then a little bit comes from apparel we're saying in the future a majority of our money is going to come from leagues and the franchise systems that get ticket sales and stuff like how the nfl and nba really makes money that's gonna happen in the future and you guys should invest in us before that happens because when that happens we're gonna be a rocket ship mm-hmm. so they're all betting on that and that's yeah. why esports teams are kind of scary because that could not happen yeah things are starting to shift around people are starting to figure out what works and what doesn't work obviously there's still no clear definitive answer but that's why energy did that rebrand and they're trying to focus on apparel yeah but, you know some people do it right some people try to do it right yeah i can't say if it's good or bad not we'll see bad or not we'll see how it's the first step we'll see how you know they're just trying things out so another team that's in the space that's doing some big plays and big moves to kind of build a name himself is gen g Mm -hmm. these are players or the team that we talked about who are creating a new venue in los angeles specifically in playa vista 
It's pretty much like the Team Liquid Alienware house training same, facility. Same thing as Hunter Thieves facility. Yeah, it's probably less focused on the business merch side, but more so a roof for their players to Got train. Okay. And okay. also just a pub stunt and show, because when you have things like this, you get better talent, right? Yeah. Because they have a Call of Duty team. Yeah, Genji did very well in this previous CWL Miami. Dude, I'm slowly starting to hear more and more about them in different esports things. Didn't mm. you meet the CEO? I don't remember. Yeah, you met the CEO, or I met. We both met him in Vegas. We met with him at the esports summit. Yeah, which one? X Live or this first one? E-sport. First one. Esports business summit. Yeah. Damn. We met know. him, and then Nate shot went and spoke, and then we hung out with Matt. Oh no no no. I was there for the Nate show one early. You went to that one by yourself, I think. But I thought that you being early was Genji. I could have swore we met one of the co-founders yeah. of Genji. What I want to say about Genji is that they are also an example of like a well-organized team that's being thoughtful about how they approach the space, just like 100 Thieves. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that Genji has legit venture capital investors in the same way that 100 mm. Thieves did. Anytime you have legit venture capital investors, usually means that you kind of are serious and being thoughtful about how you want to be doing your business. Um, it means a, you have a plan. You have, you a, have plan a plan to become profitable in the esports space, which is very hard to convince of people nowadays. Once people are starting to realize that, you know, franchise isn't even a thing yet, and you guys are trying to raise money. There's so many different things that you need to convince people so th- that's going to work. I think Gen G is going to be another one of those teams. Yeah, that's going to be coming out on top yeah alongside 100 thieves and a facility makes you look professional it allows you to get in the best players which then promotes your brand more and allows you to do a lot more once you have distribution so facility maybe not necessarily the best first move for all esports organizations but genji i think has been around for a while they've been bringing a name for themselves and now it's time to expand past that through these physical locations that is also a brand builder a team builder overall will lift them up i believe hopefully i really want to become a a team fanboy I want to pick one team and just fall in love with it and mm. wear all the apparel all the EG. time. No. <laughs> Evil geniuses. No. I love Dylan and Lamar, but no. I just want, like, I mean, they're just banning apparel, they're, dope they're, logo. After COD Champs, Evil Genius, which is a pretty old uh, esports organization, is not purchasing a franchise in the Call of Duty World League. So They're in different sports, though, right? Yeah. I think they have, like, they have some League of Legends stuff. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Not sure. But that means that. Dylan, Lamar, homeless for now, and we're gonna have to see where they go. They're gonna get picked up though. They're all stars. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. They're they're consistently performing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So that's Gen G. Last topic we're gonna talk about is a clothing streetwear brand, Public School, whose co-founder is now doing stuff with and Box. Who and Box and D Box. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who are who've been doing apparel and stuff for the New York Excelsior mm-hmm. Overwatch team. Yeah. And we've talked about this multiple times in the past that Rustin always says that the Excelsior team is doing it right because they've done different collaborations with... Yeah, if you ask me who's doing the best apparel in this space, it's not 100 Thieves, it's not FaZe Clan, it's actually New York Excelsior. Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing the dopest collaborations with Undefeated. They did a shoe, I think, and they did, like, a whole capsule line. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy who was the co-founder of Public School... I believe or co-owner mm-hmm. i'm not sure if he's co-founder is now focusing on merch not not even merch actually like professional wear for and box through i think the new york excelsior team my question for you is public school is a retail store right i don't I, it's like they, a streetwear yeah store. i think so it's, it's like thought, a streetwear store i thought i recognized it it's like they said it's just public school streetwear brand is i think that what they said in the in the article okay 
So because I know public school in New York, but I don't know if it's a restaurant or a street. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. Okay, but this guy's who has experience in the streetwear scene is he kind of said stuff that about the apparel that they're releasing that it makes sense it's a really thoughtful way of going about creating different pieces that gives very slight benefits but isn't too obviously esports and i think that's the beauty of streetwear is always a subtlety to it when you combine it with esports so there's certain things like if like if you're wearing a long sleeve then it's a certain fleece that feels good on the mouse pad and allows you to drag it easily Mm. rather than them having too much friction if you have sweaty hands when you're playing and you want to wipe your hands real quick, then your sweatpants or your or your joggers or something has a material that absorbs that water or that sweat off your hands really quickly. Yeah. So you can just wipe it real fast and put your hands back on the controller of the mouse keyboard. So those are little slight things that when we think about esports apparel and streetwear combining, you don't really think about certain benefits for pro players. It's maybe like it looks cool. It has a phase and champion logo combined on it, like what they did with phase champion. Right. But it's the little things like that where you could actually have tangible benefits to promote. And it might not necessarily be the coolest thing, but it's something to say that you're being thoughtful and going about the esports space. And that's what I respect. I agree with all of that. And I also just remembered that FaZe Clan had a booth at ComplexCon. That's something we're talking about too. It was a massive booth. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an arcade alley. Then they had a place where you could, they had setups with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. They dropped their neon green champion hoodie. Looked like there was a line of people outside. I know it was forced, but still it looked sick. Yeah, Lyrical Lemonade. Collabs. Lyrical Lemonade collab. And then I saw in a picture of someone that works at FaZe, they got a picture with Murakami. So I'd like to think Murakami went in and was like, oh, what is this place? Mm-hmm. Which would be sick. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a really good activation at ComplexCon, I guess. Yeah. The, I've, we've been to the ComplexCon in Long Beach. Correct. This one was in Chicago. Yeah. Did phase do anything in the one in long beach they did something at the champion booth that's right that's right we were supposed to do something yeah. with them mm-hmm. and they were going to do something with champion but we couldn't figure out what we, were, we figured out what we were going to do together but the booth that they had didn't work for us at yeah. complex con that would have been cool but it's cool to see the progression because i remember going to the first ever complex con i believe it was four years ago or mm-hmm. three years ago yeah I remember going to that one in Long Beach, and I remember seeing the Face Clan guys walking around. They didn't have a booth yet, so that was four years cool, ago. The evolution. Yeah, and then now when the, the next one, or like two years after in Long Beach, they had their champion collab with them. So they, they still didn't have their own booth, but they had something within that. Yeah. And now you go to Chicago and they have their own booth. Yeah. So it's cool to see that they're infiltrating ConflictsCon, and that shows that esports and gaming is on par with everything else that's yeah. mainstream. And them doing that is good for the whole industry. Good Your, for us too. We're just loving people today. We're not trash talking. We're loving everyone. We're lovers. Yeah, we're lovers. We're not fighters. Yeah. <laughs> um. Have you heard of that 13-year-old girl? Yes, I have. Okay. Just through the funniest way from, from Twitter. So what Russ is referring to is there's this 13-year-old girl. She's a pro Fortnite player. And that's already surprising enough, 13-year-old girl, pro Fortnite player. But she's also deaf, hmm. which is fucking nuts. Like, it's actually absurd. She's very talented. How does she play? She... <laughs> She plays with uh this on mobile. If you play Fortnite, there's visual sound. So if you hear footsteps, there's like a little arc in the direction with like a footstep. Or if it's a gunshot, it shows like a little gunshot thing, a little animation that really show you and try to show you where people are, right? Where people are. It's still very hard. It's not accurate at all, but it's better than nothing. But she's pretty good. She has the mechanics down. Obviously, there's some things that are hindering her, like her disability that doesn't allow her to 
hear where the chests are yeah so it's pretty funny i was watching a stream and it showed like the arrow was like chested above her and then she just accidentally broke it so it's like stuff like that it's, it's just hard kind her, of tragic but... yeah but she's still making do yeah people want to see that content and i believe whoever signs her will get the best fucking pr possible so like i'm just saying if you're an org pick this girl up you know i have a feeling i mean i saw a tweet where she was talking to tfu yeah i don't know maybe phase yeah i feel like that would be so smart TV's not a phase anymore but i know but yeah. think about like the phase needs that they don't really have a clean yeah brand but that tv tweet you're talking about is how i really started to understand her which is pretty fucked up but i saw tv was like yo i need one more for trio arena cash cup that happened this past weekend she she, met, she replied back i'm down you need you need a third like hit me up dm me or something so nice she's super nice she's like super innocent and then some fucker comments in the bottom sorry he actually needs a good teammate who could communicate so fucked yeah and then a, oh, an hour after she posted her own post saying this is how i communicate with my teammates you know i use the pinging system i sometimes teach them basic so nice. sign language Damn. She, yeah she's a very innocent girl so face she kind of looks up. like 11 from stranger things she does yeah yeah so i all the power to her like whatever she does i hope she succeeds in she's gonna get picked up for sure fuck the haters fuck yeah. all the haters and yeah just you do you that's it that's how we end the podcast yeah fuck the haters you do you look if you like the podcast share it with your friends leave us a five-star rating i've seen you leave ratings we got like nine five we have stars. ten we have ten ten more yeah, yeah beautiful love you all subscribe share more this is how we grow guys if if you thought this was fun or informative please share it Share us topics too. There's a lot we could talk yeah, about. We choose true. our favorites, but talk about. whatever you want to hear, yeah. we'll take it. We'll shout you out for bringing up the topic to us. And yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. Have a good rest of your week, you guys. Watch the Fortnite World Cup. Peace. Peace.